Hey, Alice, you walked into uh, a full table tonight. Thanks for joining us. We have Blackwater Down. Thank you all for being here. Um, going this way, do you want to introduce yourselves and what you do in the band? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm Burn and I play drums. Mike, I play bass. Rhett, and I play guitar. I'm Luke, I also play guitar. Deb, I play rock star. Lead singer. Uh, y'all are awesome. I, I caught y'all set at uh, the end with Omenbringer and Felder, oh, yeah. and I was like, I really want to talk to them. They're super cool. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Thank you. You, you guys put on a great performance. Uh, I can't wait to see you again. In fact, you guys have a show on the 3rd, February 3rd, yes. uh, somewhere. The we end. Back, back, back at the end. Back Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Who else is on that bill? We've got uh, Valkyrie Spire, Jane and the Killer Queens, and Sunflower Kink. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they are playing that show with us. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then there's a single release on the 9th? Is that what Yes, our new song, 45, is coming out on the 9th. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's a good banger, too. It's, so. it's a fun one, yeah. Is that one y'all played at the end? We did play it, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, looking forward to it. Where mm -hmm. uh, did you record that? We were at uh, Welcome to 1979 with uh, Chris Mara. Yeah, oh, yeah, over in West Nashville. Uh, it's, a, it's an all-analog studio. It's, oh, it's, it's really very cool. cool. It's very cool. It's it was part of this event that he does um, called Tape Camp, where uh, whether you're an engineer of any real experience level, you can like participate in this thing. You, you pay tuition, you get yourself there, and then you spend a week or so learning how to record the analog tape, and they always have a guinea pig band, and he asked us to do it, and it turned out good enough to build on, and so we got two songs out of it. Yeah. Two pretty badass songs out of it. So. Right on. How do you all know each other? <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm kind of the glue to a degree, except these two, they knew each other for like way longer or whatever, but I was playing music out solo, sort of, and kind of ran into these guys out. They came and supported me playing and saw me play, and we had conversations, and I, Luke was in another band that I had opened for played with and kind of met him that way and uh i don't know we just kind of became friends like that and then Rhett kind of rolled in on top of uh what was happening with us like the four of us had gotten together to to write or actually not to write we had gotten together to play guns and roses and uh that didn't really pan out we ended up being an original band and then Rhett came on in. very cool just been family ever since these are the monkeys and it's your circus. <laughs> Something <laughs> like kidding. that. Something like that. I can't keep them in line though. Yeah. It's like herding cats. Squirrels. Squirrels <laughs> on meth. Yeah. <laughs> meth squirrel. Burn and Red and I have known each other for a long time. Like at least 12 going on, maybe 13, 14 years. And yeah. uh, we played music at first and we did not. It took us a while before we actually did. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it, we've been pretty constant as a rhythm section for now. A decade decade and a half now so it's kind of like it it, it, it would feel weird to really do that with anybody else so shut that real quick <laughs> so are, are y'all here for music uh or natives in, in the house anything like that no natives uh, we're all from someplace different yeah we all kind of landed here mm -hmm. i think uh everybody for the most part was just looking for some kind of change in their lives yes. and i don't know how Nashville was picked because it again it wasn't like I picked Nashville to, for music. I actually picked Nashville to get away from music. Mm. I wasn't 
pretty big into metal and it didn't seem like metal was going to be a big thing in nashville so <laughs> yeah where um, are you hailing from new york okay yeah so yeah. okay so you yeah yeah you know the hardcore scene yeah that's kind of that's that's pretty much the, the scene that i grew up with gotcha. and i grew up in and you know a lot of the guys that well not just the hardcore scene but like the metal scene and those are dudes that i kind of grew up with i'm a little bit older so got to experience some cool stuff but i think like everybody else is just kind of like i think we were all just kind of sick of where we were at and just like well shit let's see what happens you know out of the state that we're in and yeah. we ended up here in nash tucky okay winning, winning. Yeah. i think that's yeah. even cooler that uh i don't know like fate has has a way of pulling people together like people in the right place at the right time um so it's even cooler that y'all didn't necessarily come here for music it just kind of happened what well, it goes even further than that so this isn't even supposed to be a real band so we were all doing <laughs> other stuff yeah and like like right off the rip it was like don't take this serious we're only doing this to like kind of like get away from our other bands that we're taking very serious like this is supposed to be just like us hanging out in the studio and goofing off and jamming you know like whatever it is anything else that comes up is the priority over this band and you see how well that worked yeah. out. <laughs> you know, and, like, then, and then you know so, so now it's like this it like all everything else that we were doing is no longer happening this is the band that's happening and like through my own, you know, from my own perspective, if you would have said, hey, man, why don't you make this a band, you know, like back then, like day one, I'd say I would have been like, it's never going to work. And these are the reasons why. And I would have just listed them off and I would have been dead ass wrong, you know, because we again, man, it's like you can pick you can pick musicians, but you can't pick chemistry. Right. And yeah, the chemistry absolutely. with this band is like it's it's. You know, whether we're loving on each other or hating on each other, there's chemistry, yeah. and undeniable chemistry. Yeah. And palpable chemistry. Right. People yeah. notice it. People say things to us about it. And yeah. there's times, and I absolutely believe in the whole lines of energy and fate and things like, you know, we, we, we may have a fate out there, but, you know, our lines are always going to bring us back to the places we're supposed to be and with the people that we're supposed to be with. And that's just kind of how this happens. Like, I, I said this before like I feel there's times when I'm kind of disassociative from it because I can't believe how real it is so I, I imagine that, that I've got to be imagining it this can't be yeah. you yeah. know because you spend a whole life struggling to get where you want to be and with the people that you want to be with and nothing's ever seeming to fit and then when it does like what do you do with that because you're so used to the opposite side of it that it, it's sometimes hard to like well it's, trust, it's also kind of weird to like be you know in the hurricane and as opposed to like observing it, you know, like I'm sure being in Florida is way different than watching that shit at home. So, but when you're in it, it doesn't, because that's your, that's what's happening to you. That's your reality. It doesn't really seem that far-fetched because it, it, it is actually happening. You yeah. know? But then you look around, like, like I said, when, for example, when I was doing overdubs with you guys, I would look over while y'all were playing this and be like, <laughs> shit, this has really happened. I can't, this is badass. I cannot believe this shit. Two of my best friends are sitting in my bedroom just burning this guitar to pieces. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, like what Burns said about chemistry, like you can find, a, you can find talented 
musicians, but finding people that work well together. And y'all, y'all really do. It's a great energy. Uh, you put on a great show. It seems like you're having fun, you know? We are. We're it's always, high yeah. energy shit. Yeah, we <laughs> no matter how stressed are. you are before you get there, those shows, as soon as we're on the stage, it's like a whole different ballgame. Like it just energy. takes all that away and just, yeah. it's always a good time. Yeah. But I, I don't know if you guys realize this, but what you're doing is really important too. Um, like, live music saved my life. I wouldn't oh, be here. here. So, so thank yeah. you. Thank you for making music. Yeah. That's thank a large you. group of people that feel that way. I mean, we're fans of music too. Like yeah. the same, I, you know, I, I would, I would imagine, you know, with everybody else too, it's like, there's always been music that kind of got us through those things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, yeah. and to be able to create like that and maybe like you just said like say hey you know like hey this inspired me to like you know do this or whatever or got me through a day or it just empowered me to be you know kick some ass in life that's cool yeah <laughs> random, random people showing up your, your shows you there's no way to really know how much you affected them you know right mm-hmm. like, absolutely and um yeah yeah it's you become part of it, it's uh it's church like it's very it's it's a spiritual thing yeah. saying music especially something like dark and heavy too man right. it's like there's i don't know it's like oh i'm not the only one that feels that way no you know? yeah absolutely yeah. music is very connective i don't know what i would do without music that's let's, what every day like it saves my life every day well, let's say it's you know, part of why i do it music yeah. is an international language you know it's like i listen to stuff that's not even in a language that I speak or anything. And I'm, but I'm sometimes I could just, you know, I just close my eyes and I just listen to it and it just carries me, you know, it takes me on that journey of wherever they were trying to take it. I don't, I mean, they could be singing about hot dogs for all I know, (laughs) but, but you know, the vibe of it, it just, it, it, it kind of like, when it's good it's good and then you feel that electricity in it you know like you said it just you can tell when people are singing or playing and feeling it and whether they're not Mm -hmm. if they're just dialing it in you know or whatever but like that's what i think it conveys like when you listen to things that you don't understand necessarily but you're like you can feel their emotion and their power behind it it makes you feel a certain way too right so yeah like that's why i want to do it that's the only like i can remember being a little kid and going to like my first concerts and things like that and literally every time i would go to a live show as a teenager or whatever, like I would cry. Like every time I would just get so overly emotional about it and leave thinking, I want to do that someday. Like I want to make people feel the same, you know, like I want to be able to convey those kinds of messages too. And like, I can remember like playing solo music and the first time that somebody came up to me after playing that I did not know and was like, that song was amazing. Like it made me think of my sister and like, she went through a really hard time and I, she would love that song. Can I find it somewhere? And I was like, really my music like really like that was a thing you know like that I rem- I will never forget that feeling because that's exactly right. what you know I was striving for yeah. and I didn't ever think music was going to be on my path you know I pushed it out of the way for so long but just because of other struggles that I had with with putting effort into it feeling like it was a waste of time and I didn't start playing music until I was older like much older beyond like when most people are 10 or 15 years into trying to be rock stars i was just beginning to write and now this is 10 10 12 years 13 years later from that time and i'm here and that's sometimes really yeah that's remarkable (laughs) it's never too late to follow your dreams yeah never 
Uh, what kind of music did y'all have in the house growing up? Like parents put on in the car. <laughs> it was mostly all classical over. music for me, man. That's classical? all I really listened to. Okay. Um, in the car. Oh yeah, really? in the car in the house. It was locked in on NPR, and our NPR station was mostly classical. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dad had to one particular three disc set of the five Beethoven piano concertos and. He would put that shit in the CD player in his car when he took me to school in the morning. He would crank that up until the fucking window shook. <laughs> Seriously, man. And he would just he would look over at me and go, isn't that bitching? And I'm like, <laughs> my old man was all about it. That, that was his, you know. That's a good foundation moment. for metal, yeah, if, yeah. if I understand right. For oh, sure. For all music, really. Yeah. yeah. Between that and like the classic rock from my older brother's record collections, it was sort of a natural fusion for intensity, at least. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, you don't get much more intense than that shit. It's, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what about the rest of you? For me, it was oldies, you know. And uh, I mean, I still listen to oldies, except oldies are not really oldies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shit, did, I was alive when this came out. What's going on? Like, you know, I'm talking about like oldie or... oldies, you know, and, and, you know, with DJs like Wolfman Jack, and yes. Cousin Brucey yeah. and all them cats, you know, and it's just that stuff you know i mean it still gets me amped up like some of that stuff it was just it's it, the basics it's kind of like punk rock you know things, like yeah. punk rock and real edgy for that time it was just it really was it was just wild stuff yeah. i mean some of it you know like some of it you know the doo-wop stuff is you know whatever but um but yeah i mean for my parents it was definitely oldies and then i had an older brother and he was you know he introduced me to all kinds of music you know rock at first and then definitely metal you know like i went from listening to the who and yes and kiss i love yes to Me like too. i mean like it was, it was almost like i skipped like from that like right into metallica because mm. at that time like that's the stuff that was happening in new york city like all of those yeah. bands were like happening at that time so you know that's how it was for me yeah, yeah. i got the i had a big variety of music because my dad was a musician he played piano since he was a kid and so it was always like jazz and and all kinds of like there we had tons and tons of records so I got to hear like all kinds of stuff I'd pull out the deep purple albums and he had Emerson Lake and Palmer albums and like stuff like Chuck Mangione you know like just all kinds of weird like this very wide variety of music and then of course he was uh the chorus director or the choir director at our church so I was immersed in that as a kid and my mom was a dancer and so she was always listening to all kinds of music so I heard everything from the stripper from Chris DeBerg to uh, like the Carpenters and Charlie Daniels and like just everything so I really got a massive education on music as a kid like music yeah, was always in my life <laughs> and then as I got older you know all my friends listened to music and they introduced me to new stuff and I got into stuff like Depeche Mode and dead alive and then it rolled into like the grunge era and all that so i got like i feel like and i love classical music too i would go to the library and check out records that were old like i, I used to check out the phantom of the opera album the soundtrack oh, nice. and listen to it over and over again and stuff like rachmaninoff and 
Beethoven and like all of these things and some opera. Like I just loved music. I wanted to like immerse myself in every style. And I think as I grew up, everybody and I would say, I want to be a musician. Well, what do you want to do? Was always the first question. What genre? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to pick a genre. Mm -hmm. And I got the and I think that's something that held me back from playing music for so long because I got the pushback so often of you have to pick a genre. Like you can't just and I was like, no, I'm gonna do all of it. Like I want to do all of it. And I do, I sing all of it, you know, but and I write. I mean, I just, I didn't expect to write metal <laughs> and I wasn't, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be the rock star. I wanted to do that. So when you were, like, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. When you were doing solo stuff, what kind of music was that? Rebel folk. I had to make it my oh, own genre because okay. I didn't really necessarily fit into a specific genre. It has like an Americana-esque style to it. When I play acoustically, it's more folky and gypsy-esque, a little bit of blues, but put a band up there with me and let me play an electric guitar and it becomes more like of a blues rock sort of style. Oh yeah. So, and then it just expanded from that, obviously. <laughs> now I don't have to play a guitar and I kind of love it. <laughs> so what did you guys grow up um, I had a lot of uh, like Van Halen, Rush, ACDC, Sticks, all the, all the old like good, you know, classic rock. Uh, and I ended up kind of bringing metal in and turned my parents into metalheads. Like <laughs> got them, they're Metallica fans. My mom loves them on Oh shit! Oh, yeah, <laughs> they're all just like random, the most random <laughs> shit. Your mom's awesome. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea. I stood fifteen feet away from Metallica and Pantera a couple weeks ago with my mom. <laughs> she was all over it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so I ended up kind of getting them a lot more into music, uh, which is like the other way around for most people. So. Did you see him in town or did you go somewhere? Oh, uh, it was in St. Louis. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't believe I missed Metallica. No, and I didn't, come, I didn't come here. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for me, I, my dad grew up in bands and whatnot before he finally went to school. I think, I, so I, I remember being two, three years old and was infatuated with vinyl records. And he showed me how to, the proper way to handle it. And I just, he, had several hundred and I'd just sit there on weekends and just sit there and flip sides and it, it was all over the place uh and he did big band stuff like I remember hearing Blood Sweat and Tears for the first time and was blown away They're still one of my favorite bands uh used to listen to the 50s radio station yeah all through elementary while I did homework and I had my little 1955 Corvette model and a 65 Mustang and I'd sit there on the weekends and like do car car wash I'd sit there and wax those things the oldie station uh that's awesome and then <laughs> once I got older like James Gang's Ride Again Ride Again album and Aerosmith Rocks I think that was a huge definition as far as like holy crap what the hell is this shit I love this <laughs> yeah and uh it just kind of grew from there. And then when I started playing guitar around 12, you know, guitar teachers are like, well, check this person out. Check this person out. And don't like, also, whenever you check that person out, check out their influences. And so kind of like that, it just cascaded into everything from Wes Montgomery to Yngwie Malmsteen and kind of the typical Satriani's by and all, all that stuff. Uh, and then kind of like Luke, I kind of started discovering metal and whatnot and bringing that in. And uh, 
Pantera, Buckethead, uh, Strapping Young Lad, during high school and whatnot. So never got too much in bigger early 2000s. I had a bunch of friends that like that, but I was like, you'll have fun. I'm still like, I'm only at 1975 right now. I've got <laughs> 30 more years to get up to you. Uh, and then love classicals like Rachmaninoff's probably my that's favorite composer. Oh yeah, very cool. Wide uh, wide variety here. Oh yeah, it's sure. it's cool that um, before metal, you each kind of had influences coming in. I think that that is that's that's good for metal because it's uh, gonna do something interesting with mm-hmm. with it. I feel like. Well, and I think even still, we've all got so many influences coming from outside of metal. Yeah, like we're all metalheads, but we all just like music. Yeah, and if it's good, we can find influence in it a lot of times. And it's a good push for us to keep people like wanting to listen, but not do, yeah, I guess typical stuff, if you will. People like, oh, I haven't heard that style of format before. Mm -hmm. Used in that, it's like, holy shit! Did you guys just do Creedence Clearwater with? Opeth or just random, just kind of just yeah. yeah. That's Everything together, pull an influence from here and one from here and one from here, slap it together, and then you have this really cool song that's got yes, you know, dynamics to it that you didn't really expect. And it might not be the most complicated, but it's you know, even in simplicity. Well, I mean, that's one thing I would say that 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 you know, a wide swath of of (laughs) listening to music of different styles and and studying how it's been done is. It doesn't need to be complicated, you know. Like mm-hmm. you have to have, you have to tell a good story, and you need a good mm-hmm. melody. Yeah. You know, like the rest, it's n- not the most difficult thing in the world to cram it into a three, three and a half minute song. It's really not, you know. Right. Or, otherwise, it would never have been done, you know. But I mean, it it has been done to different degrees of of goodness over the years. I mean, Lord knows we can all think of. <laughs> <laughs> stuff that should have ended up on the cutting room floor but, you know, like, uh, then again art is in the it's it's all too subjective right, right. i um I'm, i have an unpopular opinion on that i, I don't think art is subjective mm. i think uh i think well i mean maybe to a degree but like uh I'm, i feel like the odd one out in any circle i'm in about this because i'm like no i mean like you know like justin Bieber's not miles davis it's not Right, I understand what you right. mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. like, like, neither is Andy Warhol, Picasso, yeah. and comparing right. them is fucking inane. Yeah, so, you can't. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's two very different. Yeah, scales of everybody brings art. something different to the table. I would, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do. I I understand what you mean, though. I do. In, yes. in as much as like, come on, you know, goddamn good and well whether that's any good or not. Yeah. And, yeah. and you also know goddamn well whether it's a complete piece of shit or not. Right. Just yeah. know it. And I think, like, a lot of my music taste is bad. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> bad like, meaning the baddest. <laughs> the baddest. The baddest. <laughs> shit slaps. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what, what's else writing process like? No shit. Struggle bus all day for me. No, it is a moment. Hurting cats. Hurting I, cats. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but like you know, the, the fact of the matter is, some of these some of these songs came out like Grease Lightning, and some of them are 
fucking pulling teeth and there's been everything in between you know sometimes um it really does start with just somebody noodling on a riff at rehearsal but more often than not it's usually somebody one of the three of us bringing in like at least a collection of riffs mm-hmm. in okay. some sort of order that made sense to us as coming up with it gotcha you know sometimes it's a little more arranged than that because quite frankly you know we have the capability to do it you know we can sit down and at the very least get a click track and you know play a couple of guitar parts and lay down a bass part and be like i have this idea here mm-hmm. it's at this tempo it's at this feel maybe there's drums in it maybe there is right at the inception of these ideas like when you come up with a riff what are you doing when that pops into your mind like are you doing something else or is it you sitting there with the guitar a lot of times i'll be sitting there with a the guitar but i won't be trying to figure anything out necessarily mm-hmm. i'll just kind of I'll play something or I'll hear something in my head sometimes and try to figure it out. But it usually just kind of comes out at the most inopportune times. (laughs) So it's like, shit, give me something to record this with. And like, I'll get it down real quick and then figure it out later. Um, It's like, usually if I'm sitting there trying to figure something out, I can't. The reason I ask, um, I'm not a musician, but I write poetry and I'm working on a novel right now. And um, when I have an idea for something, I can't really, I don't know where that comes from. Like it pops into my head. And it, what I'm getting at is I don't know that I came up with that. Like, oh, sure. You know what I mean? The, the, I feel like I'm the tapping channel in, theory. I feel like I'm tapping into something. Right. And I just wonder wonder how intentional y'all's music is versus uh it just came to you i suppose it's probably a mix of both i guess I would it's say definitely a mix of both. Yes. for me personally it always is yeah. i think it also depends on like where any one of us would come into contact with the creative process of the other you know like mm-hmm. sometimes one does have a pretty solid idea of the arrangement like this is how i think it should go top to tails so you bring that in and because it rubs up against other people that automatically changes all the time, you know, like mm-hmm. something is mm-hmm. going to be shifted around or dropped or doubled or whatever the fuck. But like sometimes when it's maybe just one or a situation with one or two riffs, you start thinking about what direction those riffs want to go, you know, like it, it, you, you, that's how I think of it. Like I'm trying to listen to what, that music is telling me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like you know the answer is 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 in the question you know the okay. the, the sculpture is inside the stone got it that kind right. of thing. Like, for me it's completely different for sure and these you know they'll they can attest to it like a lot of times they they'll come in they have riffs and arrangements and whatever and i don't say shit i just let them do their thing because i know that i'm gonna have when they're playing and they're doing stuff I feel like I do tap into something. I feel like the frequency of what's going on and like, I can close my eyes and I can, I can just like, I can just, for me, it's like, I can just feel if it's right or wrong. Like if it's wrong, it feels to me, it'll feel, uh, it almost makes me dizzy to be honest with you. Like, I just feel like, like I'm off a little bit, you know, like, like my equilibrium is off or, or whatever initially you know learning how every you know we all write 
trying to explain that to a Berkeley graduate, you know, and guys that are like, know all this shit. I mean, they were looking at me like, bro, just shut the fuck up and play the drums, man. Like, what the fuck do you, what the fuck do you know, you know? But um, over time, I, I, they've learned to, you know, trust me a little bit more, actually a lot more on that. And, um, and that I think our process goes really good because they'll come in and they'll have all of these ideas and all of these arrangements and all of this stuff. And I can listen to it and take it again. It, 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 like I, I tap into that, that, that feeling, that frequency. I mean, I literally ride that lightning. And from that, it's like, I know that if I have dips and they're not supposed to be there, then I could say that like, Hey, it just drops off here. And sometimes they're just like, we don't get it. And I'm like, let's just play it and record it. And I listen back and then, we can figure it out pretty quick. Right on. So when we do, you know, when we are writing, even just rehearsing, we record everything. Mm-hmm. So if we go in there and we're like super depressed and we write a song that's just got a bad, fe- you know, that super depressed mm-hmm. feeling, but then, you know, next week we all won fucking $500 scratch offs and we come in and we try to recreate that song. It's going to sound different. That hasn't happened yet, by the way. Yeah, we're waiting. Just saying like, hey, let's play that really depressing fucking song we were listening. It's like, oh, how do we do that? So, you know, so we, you know, the, the other thing that is, is good about the fact that, you know, we record stuff is that if we do have 10 different ideas, we can narrow it down pretty quick, which idea is going to be the best because we can play them and listen back and go, well, it was almost there. Or it was this or was that, or this sounded terrible or whatever. But a lot of times like right away, especially with me, because again, like I get, I get it in my head. I'm like, I think I know where this is supposed to go and I could be dead ass wrong, but until I fucking hear it, like it's still just stuck in my head. I'm like, please, I know it's wrong, but I got to hear it first. So I can just, fucking get away from it you know and that's what we do and it, 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 it's it may be odd i don't know if other people write that way you know but i know that with with our system of how we're you know we are we've managed to like really learn from each other yeah. and like develop a way to like keep that shit flowing and like it's getting better and better and better and better like instead of arguing over points and just be like this is gonna we're gonna know the instead of arguing for for fucking two rehearsals you know we're gonna know in three minutes right whether this is working or not gotcha and that is you know band wise that's a blessing we're all in the room we're all being very vulnerable and passionate about what we do everybody in their minds everybody is is right and from their perspectives they are right Mm-hmm. but you got to write for the song and you got to mm-hmm. find out like you can't put everybody everybody's idea can't be in, in the, in the right. same spot right. so you know well and we're pretty good about when we hear it back we can all pretty well say yeah. like this works and this doesn't work yep there's not usually a whole lot of dispute on mm. that yeah i would i would agree yeah. with that yeah i think like with burn saying like yes or no i think definitely also helps streamline like kind of like burn special sauce it's like quick quick nope nope needs a little bit of this need a little bit of that and really help rein in and get where the song needs to go uh for me personally sometimes if i was writing something by myself i just either stick my like get stuck in a rut or put into i want to try something different but i keep just hitting the same wall over and over again and having someone like burn come in and be like okay try this and it's like a oh here's the door (laughs) i'm not like i i you know these guys they know how to read music they you know when they look at at 
at writing music and stuff, they they, they come from like, they have a, a very broad mm -hmm. education in that. And they also can write through feel, but with me, it's all feel. So it's like, that's, it's kind of like if you close your eyes and cover your eyes, you can hear a little bit better. If you put mm -hmm. your hands over your ears, you can see a little bit better. It's like your, your focus changes a little bit, you know, where I think with these guys, they can bring, um, you know, they can bring a lot of great of both worlds where it's like with me, if they're like, Hey, well, we're charting this out. What do you think, Vern? I'm like, fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> like yeah. you tell me, I don't have, I don't really, I don't got a dog in that fight, you know, <laughs> but, um, but it works. We make it work, man. We have a lot of fun because I don't think anybody in the band is like, when we're done with a song, I don't think anybody's like ever said like, man, this song sucks. It's just kind of like, yeah. we're all just like, holy shit, it fucking happened again. Any day now it's going to happen again. A couple in the bullpen that are itching to get up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I struggle more than they do, obviously, clearly, of writing lyrics. You know, it's... it's a lot of my stuff comes a lot of the things that we've written have started through poetry or things that I have written in the past you know and it's like a blurb of something and I can build off of that if I hear it but it's usually what I hear out of their music and out of their sound is where I actually hear my words and it's like I can hear like when they'll play like okay here's the song this is what the structure is going to be and it's like I, it's like I can almost hear the syllables, but I don't know what the words are yet. It's like I have to keep listening to it and listening to it and listening to it until they just kind of paint themselves. Like, so I, you know, maybe I'm I, kind of a connecting color, to a different power. Kind of, <laughs> you know, is it sort of like a color first, shape later thing? Sort of, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's like swirls of sound, and then all of a sudden, oh, there's a word in there. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be what that that cadence is going to be. It's like, so I'm going to understand, you know, what that what that is. And, now it's like I'm trying to write fresh. I'm trying to write new things. I'm not trying to pull from things I've written before, but I don't know. Sometimes it just helps to do that. Sometimes you got something in the can that you can use. Yeah, and cool. I have a lot. I mean, I've got like stacks like this of things that I've, I've written that definitely could be used. And there's, But there's some guilt inside of me for some reason for using that or doing that and not creating something new with them because they're creating something new. It's like- You I gotta cancel that. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, good, because there's, I have stacks of crap that are coming your way. no so. reason to feel bad yeah. about that. Yeah, about using stuff that I've already written. It's like, maybe I did write, maybe I wrote those for this band. Yeah. Like when I was- Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah you didn't know why you wrote it. You held on to for a and I did, and you know what? When I write them, I always hold on to them. Like, could this be a song lyric? Could this be something? You know, could this be whatever? And and you never know. Even if it's just one line or one like two right. like two word phrase. So what if you wrote that when you were thirteen? Yeah. The rest of it might be completely based on. Luke got to fall modern. down the rabbit hole the other day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I handed him a book from like nineteen ninety. Oh no shit. Uh huh. Oh wow! There was I mean, some good yeah. stuff in there. Not for, yeah. not for nothing, Deb, but this band is already playing a song that Mike and I kind of like put together twelve years. I know, ago. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That brought you know? that shit that I wrote when I was thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and yeah. I, that's yeah. just—I mean, you figure it out, man. Like your 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 process is your process, you know. And and now it's like again, we're all we're all learning from each other, and we're all learning how to create with this, and it's. Like I, I've been in a shit ton of bands, but I have never been in a dynamic like with this kind of like this kind of electricity. So yeah, I, all of that shit that I had, all that experience that I had, and whatever, this is new fucking ground for me. You know, I mean, and every like everybody else, like everybody's done things musically, but it's not this. 
it really yeah. isn't this, you know, whether yeah. it was big bands or small bands or whatever. Like I really had to like me personally, I had to like kind of like refigure it out, man, because a lot of those things that apply to all of those other situations, it's just like old keys for new doors, man. I like that you're all bringing something to it instead of like, shut up and play what I tell you. That would never fail. Oh, we're all yeah. fucking, yeah, we're all fucking wild out with a dog. That would not. Yeah. yeah. No, everybody's got their own personality. Yeah. I don't think we ever not... would have made it out of the first Fuck no. <laughs> we would never have made it. But you know what? That's why I would have said this shit is never going to fucking make it. Because I mean, it's like alpha, 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 alpha. You know what I'm saying? There's not like. There ain't a lot of betas. There are no betas in this fucking group. Five by nine through one man leaves. <laughs> Everybody in this is like the, the person that spearheaded their fucking thing. Hell you yeah. know? So now it's like, okay, well, leaders. Yeah, it really is. So we just, again, we're learning how to uh, delegate and separate certain things as far as, you know, playing music, playing our instruments, the easiest part of being in a band. Mm-hmm. you know it's like everything else the business part of it and there's a lot of business stuff mm-hmm. you know it's like it could be something as simple as getting shirts that's a fucking long huge process now if one guy has to do that and book the shows and do the websites and do all this other stuff it's too much man it's just yeah. too much for one person but we're mm-hmm. real lucky in the sense that everybody has just like basically said this one's mine pick another fucking job and then it's like yeah you i don't have a like nobody's overworked nobody's overworked and i i'm usually like i definitely am usually the one that's up everybody's butt like trying to you know be a micromanager not really a micromanager but like really just making sure with this band it's like did you hit the memo yeah with this you know with this band i'm just kind of like shit you ain't even gotta tell me what's going on you just tell me where i gotta be you know like i trust you I trust your judgment. You've, you you make shit happen. I don't even have to think about it. You say you got it handled. That's all I need to yeah. know. Trust. And that is a huge, for me personally, that is a huge, huge, huge deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely want to work with people that you can trust to handle it. Um, that way you don't have to like go in behind them. Yeah. And they do a better job than I could have. Like, even if I were, you know, it's like they say, if you want it done right the first time, you got to do it yourself. Uh, you know it's like I, in my brain i have an idea of what's right and then they show their version of it you know and it, truthfully mm-hmm. and, and initially i'm thinking okay i'm gonna have to come behind them and help them out with this or whatever and then they show up and i'm like fuck man i didn't even think about it that far like they're way beyond anything i could have like imagined you know so it's it's also like it's humbling for me too to just be like yeah dude just stay in your lane do the things you're good at and let them do the things that they're good yeah. at and they fucking do and i love that I love that. I mean, I, you know, I tell them all the time, man, I, you know, I admire all of them and, and all the things they do. And I'm grateful that I can be part of it, you know, and they, and Deb said it before too. Like sometimes you're just kind of like, wow, this is the fucking band I'm in. I'm constantly saying that. I'm yeah. just like, man, I just, I'm in awe, man. I'm just in total awe. Uh, Deb, I'm curious when you're going through your tones, your grimoire mm-hmm. that you've made over, over time, do you ever like read back on something and like oh i didn't realize what that what it, what that meant at the time all the time yeah all like, the time that yeah. happens to me too where it's like that's that's deeper than what i thought it was yeah I've it's like i'm teach, teaching myself reading what i wrote yeah that, actually, that to just too? happened to me like last week because i pulled out the journals like one of the ones that i showed luke and they were two journals that were put away that i was like 
I had a stack of stuff that I had with me that I've been carrying for months, to be honest. I'm like, where did those other books go? You know, and I went over and I was like, oh yeah, they're over here. So I grab them up and I like open them up and I'm looking and I'm, by the time I got halfway through the one, it was like half journal, half poetry, you know, as I'm like reading it back and it's been 20 years since I wrote in it, you know, and I was like, I just, I, by the time I was done, I was like crying because I was like, I was talking to my future self, you know, I was telling myself things, which is why I've always written that way. And like, I don't often go back and start rereading things because sometimes things are better left in the past or whatever, but I mean, I, there was like one sentence in the journal that I'd written that just, I just was sobbing because I was like, oh my God, like it was such a truth that I didn't know was such a lesson then that now I've learned. And it's like, I know, and it's like to go back and like read it. And I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. It's like, I don't know. It's, I want to say it's almost like looking into the future, but you're not, you're looking into the past, mm -hmm. but just that where it comes together, you know, like all of the things and all of the stuff that I went through and all the reasons that I wrote in the first place for years, because I've got everything from poetry to journal entries to uh, like free writing, you know, where you just kind of let your mind go and do things and, you know, go back and read through those. And it's, it's incredible to know, like a lot of who I am now, I was then as well, you know, and I was very aware of what I needed to do and what I was doing and where I was going. And then it's funny because a lot of that I've learned and I've grown through and I've become a better person. And some of the things I look at, I go, man, I'm still struggling with this. Are you serious? Like <laughs> I was going through the exact same thing then that I'm going through now. And it's like, haven't I learned that lesson yet? But it's, it's definitely a way to like direct yourself, I guess, yeah. in your future, you know? When that happens to me, it's even more kind of solidifying that it's like, oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> or if I did, it's like a higher version of myself. Because mm -hmm. um, otherwise, how would I have known to do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm very spiritually oriented. Like, I'm very, like, connected to, like, energy and what I've been doing. And, like, what I put out is what I get back, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it was funny to read that I've been that way since I was a kid. You know, I've mm -hmm. literally felt the same way since I was a kid. You mentioned earlier that you grew up in church. What denomination? Uh, I was... Uh, I'm, grew up in my dad's church which was first christian but my grandparents were southern pentecostal okay so my grandfather was a southern pentecostal minister and my great-grandfather was a southern pentecostal minister but he was the uh snake wielding bible thumping like tongue speaking variety but my grandfather was not like that but he was still very staunch gotcha pentecostal yeah gotcha i grew up a uh, jehovah's witness uh, i was also homeschooled friends. yeah I have a couple yeah, friends my dad grew like up that. Jehovah witness. really mm -hmm. What, where did you say you're from? I'm from Southern Indiana. He's okay. uh, kind of uh, West Central Princeton, Indiana is the town that was called. Gotcha. And um, so you said your dad grew up with it. Does that mean he, he was out of that before yeah. he came along? Okay. Yeah, he, I guess he kind of, when he got older, he, like his mom was a single mom. Like his dad left when he was born. And his older sister pretty much raised him and his older brother. And his mom was a nurse. So you know, Jehovah's Witness with the thing. And I think when he got older and saw this stuff, he kind of was like, nope, not for, not me. for me. Yeah. Kind of deal. Did he have other family in that or he just kind of came into that on his own? Like as far as getting out of the. Or uh, getting into it. Oh, he was born into it. He was born into it. Yeah. So you have other family that is? No, just just his well she's not she's passed and his sister's gotcha, oh, gotcha. he's the old out of that whole family he's the only remaining <laughs> member okay. 
but they they all grew up in Jehovah's Witness, gotcha. uh, and then everybody went through. Like his sister passed away at sixteen, mm-hmm. and then him and his brother just when they fled the coop, they kind of fled the religion as well. So you didn't have religion in the house growing up. Oh, I we did. I grew up in a Christian, like not a nominational Christian church. Okay, for since I was little little did that influence um did did you learn anything musically from doing that too like do you play anything in, yeah uh... i i think that was like one of the first like things i grew up playing in a band was the youth band gotcha and it ended up not a mega church but it ended up turning into pretty big so like productions were yeah pretty big and whatnot the choir got popular enough we'd go on tour Oh, very cool. Uh, for about a couple weeks. To that can be really great foundationally as in terms of uh, like getting your bearings musically. Oh, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Like in the music was rock, old, you know, traditional, kind of the in-between soft music. It was kind of like definitely across the board and really helped me like play uh, in a versatile style and know how to attack it <laughs> appropriately. At a younger age. Yeah, look at you playing the devil's music. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Metal was Me an too. interesting interesting thing when that started coming in the house. <laughs> Anyone else grew up with religion? Uh I grew up Catholic, but my parents weren't like super strict. Oh yeah, cool Catholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More or less. The Catholicish. Yeah. I, I was raised in the Catholic church and sang in the choir. I was an altar boy, did all that stuff, but it just made me want to rebel Same. Yeah. my entire life, yep. you know, and that's that pretty much lasted until mm. my my mid 40s, you know. Yeah. And then uh and then I became a Christ follower. But other than that, like the Catholic Church. Yeah, I think like uh I think if anything, it just it definitely made me more aggressive, <laughs> you know, and want to seek that type of music out. Yeah, know? I can definitely relate to that. Like mm-hmm. I um like I said I was a Jehovah's Witness and I was homeschooled um all the way through middle school and high school. And so like when I moved out at 18, like I didn't know anybody. And like I said, like live music saved my life. Like I went to East Room and like fell into the 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 lovely community we have here. And um I don't know where I'd be without that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um sure. but like when I left, like, I was, like, obnoxiously atheist, like, I'm like, I'm, like, I fucking hate Christianity, and I was, uh, just, like, yeah, yeah, there's no other way, obnoxiously atheist, uh, and, um, Same. I, I have a deeper appreciation for the Bible now than I ever did as a Christian, like, mm-hmm. when it was being pushed on me, like, it made me resentful and want to rebel, um, but, like, what I've realized now is, like, this is an extremely profound book. The problem is none of these churches understand what they're talking about. It's like they don't it's have any religion. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you, like that that movie, the the Book of Eli. You ever see that movie with Denzel Washington? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. like the guy that wants the Bible, he doesn't want the Bible so he can like help people. He wants the Bible so he can control people. Right. And I think from my perspective and all the things that I've like 
that I've experienced. And again, like most of all, pretty much all of my life was like really fighting the church. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just like really pissed off at the church. The church really hurt me or my perception mm -hmm. of what the church was really, really hurt me. And then as an adult, I was introduced to some truth. And then it's like, well, shit, man, I don't need a priest to like have a conversation with God. I can just have a conversation yeah. with God. That's it. You know, That's and it. once I, once I took out the middleman and it was like, basically like if, like, look, man, this is between me and him. That's it. Then my eyes were open. And it is an evil way. thing to try and stand between that, right. to try and middleman that. All of that mm -hmm. stuff is in the Bible. You know, people oh, have used power. that to empower themselves over other yep. people. And, you know, and that is also like, and when you read the Bible, that's the, those warnings are in there and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of deception, you know, and, uh, you know, across the board, but, um, you know, God's the almighty. So, um, if, if there's, you know, if there's a possibility that you're going to go down that, that path or, you know, to become a Christ follower or whatever, it works out. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, and if, and on the same token, you know, it's like, I'm around people that are, you know, atheists, Satanists, whatever. They just they have all their beliefs. It's not my job to judge them, man. Like, Jesus could be found among the drunkards and right. The, you know, I mean, it's yeah. like I heard a pastor say one time, if you know, he said, as you know, Christians, oh, we're the best judges in the world. We can judge everybody. But if we, if Christ was to come back right now and judge us in the same manner, we judge other people. Where do we stand? So if I just, if I judge everybody else and say, hey, you know, you're doing this wrong or whatever, and then Christ came back and said, dude, what are you doing? I I'd be embarrassed. So people got to Christ themselves. came back right now. The people that thump the Bible the hardest would probably stone him to death. Like seriously, oh, yeah. they like, did the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The first time, you know. So. I mean, I, I don't put a lot of stock in, in the Bible. I do enjoy religion as uh, an ed educational kind of situation. Like I in college, I studied lots of like different religions and did the comparative religion classes mm -hmm. and things like that. I love that and. You know, I, the reading the Bible is actually, it's a really cool book, you know, to read if you look at it as, as you know, parable and, and yeah, myth or, right. you know, like fable or whatever it is, you know, it's just when people take it and they bend it and stretch it for their will over other people, it becomes very disturbing, you know, and it, I, it definitely made me turn my back on it because in my family, at least on my dad's side, like, I got me disowned, you know, yeah. I, I don't even talk to my dad because he thinks I blasphemed his God, you know, yeah. and I'm like, why? Because I stand up for what I believe in and that I love people. And I believe in what Jesus actually talked about. You're you more know? Christian than a Christian. And, I, and that's the yeah. most mind blowing hypocritical like situation about it. You know, I'm, I, you know, I lose out because, you know, you're so involved with, you know, being right that you can't just, you know, it's <laughs> crazy right it's deception it, you know? it, mm -hmm. it really is deception because when it comes to like religion like religion and me mm -mm. like you come at me with religion religion yeah, yeah i'm probably gonna punch you in the face oh that's yeah. funny because i'm definitely the guy that if a mormon knocks on my door i'm like yes please come in and talk to me about oh I'll i will i will fuck your fucking ear i'll hold them hostage but yeah. I, I mean like in the sense of, like, like with a gun i mean in the sense of like <laughs> you want to come in and take people trying to like use it to be like to like to give themselves authority over yeah. me then i'm just kind of like look man you picked the wrong fucking guy <laughs> you know because we are not the same mm -hmm. so and and I, the other thing too is i don't want to see people that like 
that don't believe in any of that stuff be bullied into something like that either, you know, because that was me sure. for a long time. And it all it did for me was push me away and give me more reason to be like, yeah. that's exactly fucking why I don't want to be anything like these assholes, you know, and that's what I thought it was until, you know, until it, I, I was I, I was made aware my eyes were open. To I, I like different. the way you say follower of Christ, because that's that is what it actually means. That's why I say it. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christ yeah. follower. That was intentional. It's not like um, like sun, like a fair what they call it, fair weather Christians, where right. it's like in name only. Right. Yeah. It's like to to call yourself a Christian is to follow in those guidelines. Um, it's not just you saying that, you know, right. So that's a hypocrite. Hypocrition. Oh, I like that. I like that one too. I never heard that. So, yeah. so you obviously grew up religiously too, because you went to Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> so you got indoctrinated in that religion. I'm just oh, like the music religion. Yeah, you got it. Now, I know. I grew. I'm a recovering Catholic man. I, okay, cool. I, I grew up an altar boy, unmolested or anything. Like, if anything, that you know made mass more enjoyable because at least you could fucking participate in something other than the aerobics. So, um. I don't know, man. Like it, for me, it fell apart when I saw the 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 priests that taught religion class at my school do very unChristlike things. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm no, no. As far as I know, there were never any like you know gross touching little boy scandals or anything. But like, I definitely saw with my own eyes my the, the one of the priests at our at our school grab my friend by the throat and hold him against. A, a whiteboard you know this is a grown-ass man doing this mm-hmm. to a kid in seventh grade and you know that was kind of the i would say that was a, a very easy moment to say is when my faith broke and went from like mm, some of this seems kind of fucked up to like no this is definitely fucked up <laughs> fuck you <laughs> so was that a, a christian school or do you there a Catholic were, school. okay i'm sorry missed that okay gotcha i didn't yeah my bad i didn't know if you were talking about like teachers that were just happened to be Christian in the school or no, this was, was actually, a it, it, this was a Catholic priest gotcha. at the Catholic school who taught religion class. The rest of our teachers were not uh, ordained, mm-hmm. but uh, interestingly enough, our actual room teacher was 10 feet from this incident at her desk and pretended wow. not to see it. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, if, if you're that kind of person, it's like, you can just, well, I'll just I'll pay for this sin later. Like it's it's okay that I did this. Yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do something horrible and then I'll I'll petition God yeah. for forgiveness later. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Hypocrition. I'm gonna hold on to that. That's that's so in my I like that. Now, yeah, yeah, I like that hypocrition. <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, we I all like know that. what that word means. Oh yeah. Yeah. So now now we've established like backgrounds. What do you guys think? And I, I want to preface this by saying nobody know nobody on the planet actually knows, but um, it's something I think about a lot. So it's something I ask everybody. What do you think happens after we die? I think our energy goes back to the universe. You know, energy can't be created or destroyed, and our body is made of energy. It's what you know. We are a shell. I feel like we are primordial goo for the most part you know just kind of electrified and moving and it causes our brains and our synapses to to do things and i mean i don't know necessarily where my conscience comes from per se but i do believe in that energy and that we're all connected to source which i mean some people call it god i i just i'm not comfortable with that word i just never have been 
And uh, I truly believe that we just kind of go back to the universe and to transmute and become something else later. Okay, and gotcha. it could be another person or a flower or, you know, like whatever the hell we're going to be. But I, I do believe that our energy has to go somewhere. Our bodies are just what contains it right now. You know, it's all the liquid and fluid in there is what causes it to go. But eventually that's going to stop. And so where does that conscience go? Where does that electricity go? Because it can't just disappear. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the way you're conceptualizing this would be like, like the physical parts dissipate, but the soul more or less remains intact and goes into something else. No, not necessarily. I mean, I think of it more like, uh, let's use Willy Wonka as an example with TV Mike, you know, <laughs> he turns into ash, right? He goes, yeah, he's just into nothing until he becomes that person again in this little tiny body. But in the interim, his conscience and all of the things is like, I don't, that's how I see it. Like I visually can see it that way. So I kind of conceptualize in my brain that source to me is like a giant ball of energy. It's the thing that's created the universe. It's created all of us. It's created all of the things. And off of that is all these like offshoots. And in my brain, it looks like lightning, you know, there's just like pieces that are just flying. And that's where like those energies and the things, you know, the coincidences that we have in our lives um, people that come into our lives that are meant to be there. You know, I've walked into places hundreds of miles away from my home and walked into people that I know from across the country and had no clue that they would be there. That kind of energy, like that person is connected to me in some way that's been connected to me my whole life, right? Like that energy, I don't know. I just feel like that's for me personally. I mean, I know, and that's, you know, for everyone it's different, but for me, that's yeah, what nobody it feels knows. like. I, yeah. Nobody knows. We don't know, but I don't know. That's my greatest because when it comes down to things like manifestation and energy, what you put out is what you get back. Like I have felt and thought that way my whole life. I have wished and wanted and manifested things in my life. I have gotten everything I've ever wanted, whether it was good or bad. I've always gotten what I've wanted. And I only feel this way because I know what my experiences are and how I've wielded my energy and my power. And like, I I've done that my whole life to create my life. And even though there are days when I'm absolutely questioning everything about it and myself, and am I in the right place? And, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, those kinds of feelings. I know that the next day or whenever the thing is going to work out because it always has like, and I have to go by what is working for me. And like, I don't know. I just see us as energy, that energy, like the electrical lightning. And it's, and it's not just one ball of energy that's making me, it's all types of pieces of like, static you know and then that static has to go somewhere and it kind of like breaks up like an explosion you know that just goes back to the universe into whatever pieces and parts gotcha. it's gonna be so know? if that energy was to come back it's it's a different mixture it's not exactly the same thing that would come back yeah it's like i'm not i'm not i don't not like the karmic wheel kind of thing like where your body you're reincarnated or like whatever as a specific i don't think it's like that i just mm -hmm. i think the energy that created me in this era or universe or wherever you know now is all these different parts of energy that just came in you know and connected itself and this is that's interesting later it explodes and goes back to so this iteration is unique even if you were to come back again it would be a slightly different i wouldn't be the same you things. know i might still yeah. have some of the same conscience but like it's not I it's not going to be me again i don't think you know that's interesting uh something i've kind of learned in in studying different religions is that they're more or less saying a very similar thing like this um 
this group like hive consciousness that we're kind of describing mm-hmm. um that we all come from oh, you you can call that god or you can call that like that nirvana like what's what the buddhists are tapping into mm-hmm. um is like source consciousness source that's and right. i i am a big believer that um the soul that's in all of us is identical um this this was a uh, kind of hammered in by a a DMT trip I had, <laughs> but it also just makes sense to me logically that what makes us different is kind of like the cup that the water's poured in, but the water is the same. Right. So mm-hmm. get on with that though. Yeah. I mean, I do believe like we're all collectively connected. Like I know, like I've only because of experiences that I've had, I know like there's something different. There's something that's connected. And I think it's that energy, those strings, those pieces yeah. and like, I just absolutely believe yeah. and we can affect each other. We absolutely can. Oh yeah. For at a distance, like oh like great example, like we were talking about classical music earlier. Like that that was just like written down, you know? It's like they didn't have methods of recording it beyond that, yet they can reach through time and touch you, which is a, a fascinating thing. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. It really it's is. fucking crazy. I think, yeah, we're we're becoming very connected which also comes with its own challenges like we're in a dark time right now like quality of life is better than it's ever been but like shit's fucked up yeah, like, the, quality, <laughs> the quality of life is but the quality of people has greatly diminished. <laughs> there we go well said <laughs> well said yeah. Yeah. empathy is missing and there is like mm-hmm. that conscience is missing and i think a lot of that my belief is that so many people are awakening to it the woke you know the people that are like oh whatever and it's because those people are actually realizing how connected we really are and that we need to change and we have to do that and the ones that are fighting it so hard are the ones that feel it but they have zero clue or idea how to work with it they don't know what it is it scares the shit out of them so they're just going to keep following blindly the things that they can see and materialize which is the bible and religion and shitty politicians and people that can tell them what to do because they're so afraid of their own power that they're never going to open themselves up to yeah. allow it or understand it or to grow from it. And all I want to do is grow and be a better person until I can't. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think yeah. growing up in a religious cult, it's easy for me to see how everything is a religious cult. Like politics yeah, I, is a religious mm-hmm. cult. It's like, this is, this is my party and it doesn't matter and that's actually more dangerous than a God, which is like, if you're reading from a book, that's stagnant. It's not really changing too much. You can have different, you can read it different ways, mm-hmm. but it's more or less stationary. Whereas if you, <laughs> I side with this party and it's like, well, I've already, I am a Democrat. I am a Republican. So if your party does something out of tune, it's it's a hard thing to now separate yourself from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people just get right. swept up in it. Right. I'll I'll agree with this change. Right. And this this is across the board. It's uh, it's like all all the time. It's like I'm I'm a Muslim. I'm a Christian. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. It's like no, you're a human being, and you need to think for yourself. And if you decide after you've thought for yourself that you want to agree with that, that's fine. But don't right. get caught up in that dogma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, rant over. But, uh, <laughs> any any uh differing ideas about uh what happens after we die i'm not not i'm not i don't think it's anything too crazy different mm-hmm. from what she said i i feel i feel a little different i mean you know i i i probably most of my 
life. I, you know, I had a very, I, you know, almost identical outlook as, as you know, Deb did. And I kind of saw like a mixture of like, you know, the, the Mike, the Mikey particles from Willy Wonka and also like, uh, with like, uh, what was that? The, um, avatar, you know, everybody, they could literally could connect and talk to like people, oh, yeah. you know, from the, you know, trees and animals and everybody was connected that way, you know, and, um, that's what I, you know, that's what I used to believe, but, you know, I've had things in my life, experiences in my life, mainly within the last, you know, since 2019 that I can't explain away, you know, and they've made, you know, for me, they've made me, um, I feel like I was just kind of like a way, like my eyes were closed to a lot of things. I just couldn't see them, even though they were right in front of my face. And once I was aware of it, I, you know, I tell them all the time, like, I kind of felt silly, like, shit, how come I didn't know this? You know, like, I was always like, I, I must have heard it a billion times, but I never knew. So some of the most profound things are really simple. Right. That's why we can't see it, because it's like right in front of we're our complicated face. people, you know, yeah. so, you know, so again, you know, what do I think? You know, I, I personally, you know, at this point, I've, you know, my faith is my number one thing in my life. Like, I make no excuses about that. Like, mm that's number one. So I respect that. Cause it's, um, that that's a hard stance to take in our current, um, you're not going to gain cool points. We're yeah, talking about Christ. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You're no. Not, so I respect know? it. Cause you're right. That's so, true. you know, um, but again, like I, uh, when I have lots of opinions and lots of things that differ from the Bible and different, you know, from that, but I don't, I don't, uh, but I'd go by the Bible. You know, so like when it when it comes to like <clears throat> that, you know, like as far as what happens after life, I think that, you know, we go on the ground and we rest until Christ calls us back, you know, and then we're met in the air, you know, the, you know, the, the dead in Christ will be met, you know, first, you know, and then, and then the, the, those that are not dead are, you know, are met, but from so, there, I don't, I don't know from there. I don't know what happens, you yeah. know I mean? Like, but my faith you know, again, because I put faith in Christ, it's like, I just roll with it. I've always been very in control and very like, I got to put a pin in it and all this stuff. And, and I thought I had it figured out, man. I really did think I had it figured out. Like I, you couldn't tell me otherwise until I did, until I realized I had no idea, man. Like I missed so much. And this was just for me, you know? And it wasn't, again, it was, it wasn't just because it had nothing to do with anybody else. It had nothing to do with anybody like giving me their opinion or forcing something on me. As a matter of fact, it was very much the opposite of that because of where I was in my life. Nobody could just give me their opinion. You know I mean? I came from a very volatile place. Isn't it funny how being religious is a rebellious thing now? Whereas like the tables flipped. Really yeah, it is, you know, but you know, you said it too. We live in a very dark time you know we do live in a very dark time and, and you know i think everybody you know deb said it too you know people are not we're not kind to each other we don't we don't uh uh i see more people not encouraging each other and it's hard you know it's like if i turn around and you encourage somebody it's like some people will look at you and be like man what are you an ass kisser it's like no man dude's struggling let's give him a pat on the back and tell him he's doing a good job you know and encourage a person to do that and it's like it's almost like, again, you're not going to score cool yeah. points for that. People are going to kind of goof on you. But I'm at a point in my life where I don't care. Yeah, my, my homie, Sydney Mays, um, brings a lot of that into 
his music and he's very vocal about it. And um, it, it is hard for him to make friends and, and, but, but he, he sticks to it. And I, I have a deep respect for that to stick to your, your ideals. Yeah. Um, so um, let me kind of try to like pinpoint further down because Christians have different ideas about what happens after we die. You can't get Christians to agree about it. Right. So um, you, you said something interesting. You go into the ground until you get called, called back up, I guess. Yeah. So, all right. Does that mean, so you don't believe in a concept of hell? No, I do believe in that. I, you know, I, I believe in, 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 again, you know, the things that in hell. So what I'm referring to is that if, if, if you are a Christ follower and you, you know, you, you expire. Okay. So there's still a period of, okay, gotcha. So right. heaven's not immediate. You heaven's not okay. immediate. And then, you know, I believe in a, in a, uh, a pre-rapture, rapture tribulation. I do believe that we're going to go into okay. a, a tribulation time. And I believe that prior to the tribulation christ is going to come back he's not going to set foot on you know on the ground he's gonna there's going to be a trump of god and all the dead in christ will be called up and they will meet christ in the clouds mm-hmm. and immediately after all the a lot all the, the the living in christ will be joined with the dead in christ and it reads in i mean it reads in the bible it says yeah. within a twinkling that's very revelation eye. you know it, it is you know because that's personally that's kind of where i think we are you know like i that's what i was about the next question is do you think that great tribulation that it's kind of that trial is i think maybe it's already started i you know it's like again i the reason i even talk about this you know and i and i i find myself in in very odd places having these discussions and and i'll say guys look check it out man i you know what? Maybe in ten years, y'all will everybody be able to laugh their asses off of me and be like, "Bro, you was such a you know part of the God Squad. You was such a nerd. You were totally wrong." And I could be like, "Oh man, I what a goofball! I was totally wrong. I had it all wrong." But I don't think I'm wrong in this. Well, it's so, good to have the like the humility that you could be wrong. I could That's, be wrong. Yeah. I, I definitely could, you know. But I also feel like is you know it's like. I got pulled from the muck, you know, I didn't come from a good place. I didn't like, I am without Christ in my life. I'm, I'm a very bad fucking person. It sounds like you feel very strongly about it. Not because you, it like, it, that was kind of that knowledge was given to you. It's not like you arrived at it on your own circumstances. It was yeah. like, like you got like took by the hand. I was saved, yeah. you know? I mean, I tell them all the time. I, I used to think that shit was goofy. I thought when people said they were saved, I thought it was just like, like yeah. what people say, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Republican. Oh, I'm saved. Oh, congratulations, <laughs> you know? Like, congratulations. You know, until it happened to me, you know? So again, I, it's just, right now, I definitely like, I feel like, I definitely feel like my purpose, my number one purpose, the thing that, that, that tugs at my heartstrings is that, especially at this time, is that, that I have to say, I have to say these things and I have to tell people whether they're going to punch me in the mouth or fight me or be pissed at me and whatever. And even though I've gone into situations where I felt very uncomfortable and I had to like psych myself up, like, okay, man, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about Christ here for a second with a bunch of people that, you know, witches and Satanists and whatever, but we're going to, we're going to do it. Whether they take it or not is up to them. Hey, Jesus is a very powerful witch or wizard, right? Brother, you have no idea. Like I said, when I got saved... Don't say that to certain Christians. When I got saved, it wasn't because I was in a good spot. I was in a very... And, you know, they all know my history. I was in a very, 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 very bad spot. And it still happened. So, you know, Christ 
met me where I was at. And it wasn't in church. It wasn't around nice people. It wasn't around any of that stuff. It was in a, the, the darkest place in my life. So, you know, for that to happen, I feel like, and, and really pull me, like, you know, it says, you know, it'll pull you from the muck. For me, I was in the fucking muck, man. Like, I couldn't have been any more in the muck. And, uh, you know, and I'm still, you know, I mean, like, we're sitting here, I'm cursing, I'm telling stories and just whatever. I'm still very much the same person I was before. It's not like I got saved and became Christ follower. Now, like, I wear penny loafers and suits and go to church and <laughs> judge other people. It ain't, it ain't that at all. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, but that's, <laughs> that is what I, that's how I perceived it before. That's what I thought it was until I realized that it was, you know, and then now it's like, I just, I have a, I have a different understanding. Yeah. So yeah, I do talk to people about it and, you know, some of them are more responsive than others. Nobody has really, nobody's been negative, you know? And again, it's not like I force it on anybody. I give them the information, just like the information was given to me. And then the, the choice is up to them for sure you can't yeah you can't force anything else yeah. you know, i would have fought you to death yeah. man I, i'm telling you i would have fought you and been in the most violent ways if you came at me that way you would have won too <laughs> it been, i mean it really would have been i would have fought to i would have fought to win you know like yeah. that's how that's how it would have been so again so that's like i just honestly like my opinions and all of the things that i might you know what i think or whatever yeah i have those opinions and yeah i think them but i abandon them in favor of the bible gotcha. Any uh any other thoughts about the afterlife or death? Yeah, um, since nobody actually knows what happens to us after we die, I think a, a reasonable question is to think about what happens as a result of death to the rest of us here. Mm. And that's I, the part that matters. I, I think it's a part that matters. I think it's worth everybody's much thought and consideration as what might happen to us after we die. I don't personally believe we have an eternal soul. I personally believe that it scatters and that's just that, stardust to stardust. Like mm -hmm. your consciousness is out like a light and that's that. So it doesn't matter to you, to you, to you, to anybody what happens after you're dead because sure. you're fucking dead. Huh. What matters is the echo of your impact on the living. Some people leave giant, painful holes because they're missed so dearly because they were so loved and so loving and some people left giant painful holes because they were fucking cunts <laughs> and had a huge negative impact on the on the world around them. yeah and you know, to me, that's what what's really worth thinking about. Like your your legacy does not echo through the eternity of 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 what of an eternal soul. Like the 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 mark you make is made on this world and this world alone. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Is my favorite answer to this question because uh, it it shouldn't change how you live your life. Um, whether we survive death or not, shouldn't you should still be a good person. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, here and now, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this is the only mm -hmm. thing that matters in the context of being here. That's um, not, that's, that isn't hedonistic to, to, to say sure. that either, you know? That's yeah. just like... Oh, yeah. Doesn't every fucking religious text on earth tell you to, to, be, a good to be a good neighbor? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty sure it does. I haven't read them all, but I'm pretty sure that's a fucking... To harm none, even the witches yeah. grimoire one. <laughs> like, they, yeah, whatever. HIPAA insert religious 
thing at the end of it, you know? Like it, it's 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 really yeah. It's like it makes me sad about being alive right now is just how angry and unsympathetic and empathetic yeah. people are and how easy it is for people to hurt people just if kindness and compassion reason, are not for no reason, you know. Like those you ever wonder when when and why kindness and compassion got thought of as a weakness? And it's yeah. terrifying because it's one of those I like my whole life I've been emotional, overly emotional, and like I feel my shit. And because I feel it, I have gotten to grow and change and learn and understand. And I think it is one of the strongest things you can do is to mm. feel and to um acclimate to your your feelings and your things and and holding yourself accountable for who you are and what you do and the choices that you make and there's so many people in the world now that just absolutely will avoid everything they possibly can to not have to feel or admit that they have a feeling or an emotion yeah. or something and I mean, I don't, it's not all men, but it's mostly a male dominated kind of thing. It's like, I used to liken it. I used to talk about being in the restaurant industry and you walk into any kitchen and you get volatile chefs, you know, you get these, you know, don't say the wrong thing or don't do the wrong thing or you're going to piss them off. Right. And as a server or bartender or whatever, you have to go out there and you have to put on the happy face and the pretty face and like do the thing and you can't cry. You can't get upset. You can't get angry. You can't do the thing. Right. So one of the biggest things in the industry is at some point, somebody's going to make you cry, you know, <laughs> as a server or a bartender, it's just going to happen. Even if you're a male server or bartender, at some point, somebody's going to piss you off at the point we have to walk back to the refrigerator and scream or cry or do whatever you're going to do. Right. And you get reprimanded for it. I've been reprimanded for it. Right. In the same week that I got reprimanded for doing one of those things chef nearly took me out with a flying pot because he got so angry screamed and threw the metal pot across Damn. the room and just as i was walking like literally it was like what's the princess bride when uh, uh andre the giant picks up the rock and oh. goes, i don't have to miss it was that and he like threw it into like a metal rack and all these hands went frank and he's screaming not one not one comment about the the violence <laughs> that was happening in that situation, but that was okay. That's, you know, social norm. A man can get angry because angry is not an emotion, apparently, but all the other emotions, if you feel them, you're weak, <laughs> you're wrong, you, you know, grow up, grow a set of balls, you know, don't be pussy, like that kind of thing, you know? And it's just such a weird dynamic that I look at my female friends and some of my male friends, because some of them are much stronger than the other ones out there in the world. but. I see them as such strong like warriors because we feel our shit and we can multitask and we can do all the fucking things. And I like, it, I just, I wish that for the rest of the planet. I really want that wokeness to happen for all people. I want people to realize that it's about our male and female. So we are all born with the duality, right? We have a masculine and a feminine side, whether men like it or not, you have a feminine side. It's in there. It's on purpose. We were all imbued with it. Females have a masculine side too. And people talk about the duality and how to live with this duality and this, this togetherness, you know, of being able to, to flop from one to the other, but it really isn't about a separation of duality. It really is about bringing that, that duality together, you know, to work with both of them at the same time and realize that it all makes you who you are, you know, and you cannot survive without using both parts of that. And we are really doing ourselves a disservice in humanity because it's, you know, the masculine does not want to 
uh, acknowledge the feminine and it's making people harder and harder and harder. And it's, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I think I want to that forever. Well, but. I think vulnerability is a very powerful thing. It's uh, to be unashamedly yourself, regardless of what anyone thinks mm -hmm. is a, like, like, yeah, be emotional. I think we have, we have a, to be alive, regardless of what happens after we die is a sacred obligation. Um, if you're here, you have a responsibility to, so yeah, you have a, yeah, it is, it's a, to be alive is a contract mm -hmm. to live it to the fullest to, and also to, um, take care of the earth and those around you. Um, that's your obligation to well, occupy, uh, occupy your space. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I agree with that too. You know, I, I, again, for me, I think, especially with the culture and just how things are, people are scared. Hmm. I don't think that people, mo majority of the people make a conscious decision to be fucking assholes. I think that's that, it. I think yeah. that, that it's like the culture is, has like steered people that this is the new normal. I totally agree. Because if you watch, you know, if you think about how people, behave 20 years ago versus today or what was acceptable 20 years ago versus today it's very different i mean you could look just here in the united states you know it's like they will allow clear crimes to happen and punish somebody that's been a victim you know what i mean and it's you know it's like it's there's no there's there's a lot of like again man there's just a lot of uh, a lot of confusion and just whatever like and the I most scared people, people are scared the most scared though are the ones that are the most blusterous they're the ones that are i'm tough and i'm blah 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 yeah. oh, and i, I laugh like when i'm like online or reading articles or watching news reports and all these things and we see these people you know these snowflakes and blah blah blah, 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 blah. i'm like i'm like these are the these like i blatantly like laugh I, I just i kind of pity them a little bit and i'm like you know you bless your heart because you're terrified and mm. you're so scared that you have you have to feel like the only way you have control is to control other people you know or to tell other people what's right and what's wrong because you have you know and I'm, i just i pity those people like i want them to be able to feel all of their things including the fear but actually to be able to acknowledge it mm. and understand it and hold themselves accountable for what they're doing because yeah. of it you know it's all important man it's all useful mm -hmm. yeah to be if to be brave is not to not be afraid but to stand firm in the face of fear yeah. and so lead do it by anyway. example yeah. Yeah. i can't say i want to be people should be nicer to each other and then punch you in the dick <laughs> you know it's like you hear that all the time i mean it's yeah. like whether it's religion or politics or whatever you know left pocket right pocket same fucking pants I've been that, here. it's right. like two puppets and you one know? i mean it's like again and I, it, it blows my mind that people still play this game too they do man it's mm -hmm. like i'm this or i'm that it's like you're, you're both getting played. I think the reason, uh, like, you know, the, the reason we've been able to work with each other is because everybody can be whoever the fuck they are. They can be their own miss. It's this safe. is the island We're of safe. misfit toys without a doubt. Yeah. And everybody can be who they are. And if you're doing something wrong, you're going to be held accountable. Yeah. Regardless of your background, your feelings, your trauma, your fucking whatever. They're going to say, burn. Look, we don't care that you used to be angry all the time. You can't behave that way. And 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 now it's like, I kind of, you know, it's like, okay, well, I got to figure out a new way to, to, to express myself or yeah. do certain things or just whatever. And, and I grow. And it's, and, and it's when we're, again, 
if they were to just punch me in the face, the only thing it's going to get, the only thing they're going to get, is just going to escalate into mm-hmm. another thing. But when mm-hmm. someone holds me to a different standard and says, look, you need to be better mm-hmm. because you can be, and we see it in you and you're going to do a fucking great job. It does make me feel better. And I feel like, yeah, I can do better. You know, I can do better. And that's because of my peers and the people I'm around, you know, yeah. there, there's that saying where if you hang around uh, five millionaires, you'll be the sixth millionaire, you know? But, you know, and it's like, if you hang around, you know, a bunch of people that are doing absolutely nothing, you'll be the sixth person doing absolutely yeah. nothing. So I can, I can say for myself, you know, uh, especially with the, the, specifically with this band, because we've gone, we are very, very fucking hard on each other. We work very hard That's a good as thing. a band. And, but like, even in personal stuff, like, no, motherfucker, that is not acceptable. So, like, I don't care if you've been doing it your entire fucking life. You need to find a it new way now. starting yeah. today. Yeah. And that's to tell a grown alpha adult that this is no longer acceptable. <laughs> and they have to feel, you know, it's like, and for that person to, to take pause, even in their own frustration or chaos or whatever, to take pause and then come back and say, I am willing. That's strength. I, I, I make a conscious effort to surround myself with people that will call me on my shit. Same. Because if they won't, they're not your friends. They're That's not it. your family. Yeah. And if you can't take it from someone, you're not, you're, they're, they're not your friend. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it isn't, like, I, I don't know. I think I was born terrified. But if I did not, like, walk through my fear to do the things that I really love and want to do, I wouldn't be here. There's no way. I have left so many lives behind and I have done so many things and I have, I, I just, w- looking back at it and even just, like, having it playing a Rolodex in my brain like makes me nervous and nauseous because I've been through a lot of shit we've all been through a lot of shit you know but if we don't look at the fear and go it's not going to stop me like it's definitely going to push me forward it's like think of it as like a wall you know kind of like a portal like I was like you get in front of it and I'm like oh my god I'm so scared like I don't want to do this like I'm not going to be able to do this I can't fucking do this I can't do this and you just like close your eyes and you walk through it as soon as you hit the side of it it's like uh, Stargate, you know, zoom, and just shoves you out the other side, right? And you get there so fast, and then you find the people that you're supposed to be. You have you have to be willing to take that chance and that opportunity to not let the fear stop you from doing things? Because there's no way I'm going to sit on my sofa for the rest of my life and wish and want, you know, the things that I wished and wanted for as a kid, you know, to be here. But and then to find these guys, and it's it is a family, and I feel very safe with them, and everybody's safe, and we can be ourselves and have our meltdowns and our whatevers and our arguments and like whatever. But we always come back together, and there's always a safe space there, you know. To, mm-hmm. yeah. to it can grow. sometimes be kind of scary to like dish it out too, you know. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's it's tough to say to open your mouth and say something that you know is going to hurt your friend's heart, even if it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but I want that kind of honesty for uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we all know me. we yeah. all know we love each other. Yeah, and we're doing still, it like at the moment, like, you know, but it is. It, it's hard. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not a parent or anything, but I can, you know, like on a on a micro level, that's like if your kid scrapes their knee and you know you got to fucking put the stingy shit on it. Mm-hmm. It's like this is actually going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And the kid's like, "Fuck you! Are you kidding? This is the <laughs> stinging the shit out of me." But you know, like. <laughs> If you're the parent, you're like, oh god! I, I remember the first time this happened, and I like, I, I hated my 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 mom because she scraped, she she made the owie hurt even more. Like, how the fuck could you do that? You know? All right. And that feeling of of having to do that to somebody is not pleasant. But you know, the 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 truth is, is that the result of not saying anything is way fucking worse. Oh yeah. yeah. Then you know, 
I learned this the hard way with like relationships, like romantic relationships. It's like when you there's an issue, you can't like, well, you know, I'll just put that away and like. Nope. I yeah. never want to be around anybody again that cannot communicate with me. Yep. I'm <laughs> fucking tired. I mean, that's something that's just consistent yeah. across the board with a lot of people. Resentment is like bleach in the garden, man. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how, how good you see like, you're yeah. fucked. And like lying to yourself, telling you that it's okay. Like, yeah. this, this behavior is okay. I, I can put up with this. It's my fault because like, I don't, you know, I, yeah, no, yeah, no more of that. People have like yeah. come but up it, with this really terrible misconception of like brotherhood. Like, yo, if your brother does something, you just got to fucking back him up. And then what? That's my, not a good friend. It, it's like, yeah. that's not a good friend because if my brother wants to throw himself off a fucking building, I'm not going to like, back him up. I'm not going to back him up. So again, it goes back to the, you know, we talked about it before being accountable and being present and occupying the space and educating yourselves and learning from good people and developing good habits and saying hey man i see you chasing this fucking rabbit down this rabbit hole and there's nothing but darkness down there mm-hmm. like you can still do that if you want if that's what you choose to do but i'm trying to snap you out of it to say you have other alternatives mm-hmm. yeah. you know and sometimes people do have to chase that rabbit but a lot of times in my experience you know, when you kind of snap somebody out of it, you know, alpha or not, they'll pause for a second. They may go back, but now I've had to deal with some really fucking hard alpha people, like really tough people and be like, no, motherfucker, it ain't going down that way. And they, you know, look at me like I'm out of my mind, like, bro, I will. Do you understand the consequences that you, you're going to pay for even talking to me like that? You know, but, <laughs> but there's respect. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. well, if that's the case, then that's the case. But I'm. I'm being accountable and I'm going to fucking show up. I committed to being your brother or being your peer or whatever. So that goes back to saying, well, you know, Mike says, I, I get, I get scared a lot when I have to confront people, you know, especially people that I love, like I'm going to say something that's possibly going to hurt their feelings. It does. I, I like literally have to work myself up mm-hmm. to it, but I'm going to fucking do yeah. it because I do care about where they land and I do want to see, I do want to encourage them. And I, you know, it's like, again, I'm learning too. I'm learning how to speak and how to, how to fucking deliver that message without sounding like a narcissist asshole that knows everything, you know, like I'm not trying to be that guy, but I do have a lot of life experience, Yeah, you know? So, and I go into it saying, Hey, you know, maybe I am wrong, but you're still not allowed to jump off a fucking building asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Another thing I ask everybody. Um, so when I say ghost story, what I really mean is something bizarre that can't be explained with logic. Okay. And I think that can include um, like psychedelics and things like that. Because when you look back historically, like shamans and all these sorts of people have been using brain altering substances in their rituals as far back as as recorded history. Mm -hmm. So I don't, whenever something bizarre happens on mushrooms, I don't discount that um, as like, like I've got, I've had a lot of weird things happen to me and a good chunk of them have been under the influence and when I tell someone that story, it's like, oh, well, yeah, you were tripping. And it's like, yeah, but that that doesn't discount the experience at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, I kind of attribute that to like, you know, they say kids are able to see spirits and whatnot better 
because they're just more focused on yeah for whatever reason well, they're they're innocent. Innocent. They're innocent. Yeah. yeah and they're not they're distracted yeah. by all the bullshit but so i think, I think it's yeah. very reasonable to say that like psychedelics and stuff like that could put your mind in a state where you'd be more susceptible to seeing mm. absolutely you know? yeah uh more more on that like the the, the big kids have a lot of these weird experiences mm -hmm. like kids have imaginary friends and mm -hmm. we haven't really addressed that as a culture like what the fuck is going on with that mm -hmm. um you'd be schizophrenic if you're an adult and you said that so right, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i think that's actually a big thing that we're not discussing as a society um and i think it's because children when you're a child you don't know what the fuck is going on you come out screaming and you're like, what the fuck is this? From So once you start to become adult, you're like, okay, I kind of have my bearings a little bit. I kind of know what's going on, what's real and what isn't. Uh, you're like well-founded. So I think becoming an adult, uh, it makes it harder for something that defies explanation to happen to you mm -hmm. because you already know what is and what isn't so I, I i really like what you said there and psychedelics can change your perception it can make you more like a child mm -hmm. open to yes. open mm -hmm. to things happening um so yeah any any stories i mean i yeah <laughs> I, about, I grew uh, up in a haunted house we'll, so. we'll stick to, we'll stick to one each how about that right. and whoever wants to go first you. uh okay so the neighbor's dad shot himself in the backyard one night this is before i was ever born fuck yeah okay um, so anyway that like every single night we had two dogs and they would go back there and just hair standing up barking at that spot we couldn't get them to go away from it and it was just like every single night and then people would come over they would not go back near that area of the yard they were fucking terrified of it and nobody could say why but everybody just got this like feeling when they go over there. And so among all the other stuff that happened, we had a lot of experiences with just people being like generally freaked out for no reason. Wow. Um, yeah. Hmm. It was like, and we could all feel it too. Like we go back yeah. there and you felt like somebody was standing there, like watching you. It is different when it's a group of people experiencing yeah. something or yeah. like repeatable. Like that's when it becomes like an I mean, experiment this was over scientifically. It's like 10, this 15 happens. years. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can document it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When it's you by yourself and it happens one time, it's like, yeah, that's good. As good as telling someone anything at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Like without fail, everybody who came over and we didn't, I didn't know about anything having happened back there at that point. So there was no like, mm sharing stories and we were all freaking each other out or whatever it was just we all felt it especially the dogs being in on yeah, it too yeah animals know shit oh yeah oh, definitely know shit. yeah they sense that stuff way before any of us any other stories i mean i've had ghosty things pretty much my whole life like my mom always she always talked about my family, like my grandmother and I, and like my, the females in my mom's side being very sensitive to things. And like, so I've had dreams about things that have happened, like that kind of stuff kind of happens to me, not frequently, frequently, but every now and again, something will happen or I'll have a thought. And then within the next couple of days, something to that aspect will happen. 
And uh, there's probably way entirely too many to talk about. Uh, I don't know. I've just lived in a lot of places with my mom. We lived in a, a, house, a little apartment above. Uh, uh, it used to be a funeral home, but then it ended up being a vet or a lawyer's office or something. I forget what it ended up being. But uh, we had... In that house, there was this little attic door that would always pop open in my mom's room. It used to freak her out all the time, and it would just open on its own. And so one time, she decided she was going to nail it shut, and we were going to leave for a few days to go see my grandparents. And when we came back, the nails were swirled back, and the door was open. So that was one of the times that really freaked her out. We lived in another apartment where in my bedroom, uh, the window would never open, but every now and again, we'd come home, and the window was open, and we could get it closed, but we couldn't get it open again. Wow. That would happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting too, because that's a physical, that's a poltergeist. That's physical. Like those, those were things that happened like off and on my whole life. Like with my mom. And I always thought, cause they always say, well, places can be haunted. People really can't, but I think people can be haunted. So to me, <laughs> yeah. it always made me think yeah. of, you know, my mom, because my mom lost her dad really young. Like, so okay. I don't know, I don't know if he attached or something and like just weird stuff would happen. But I remember after, when I was a kid, after his funeral, we went back to Pennsylvania and I remember there being a big, it was a big milk jug that my mom had full of uh, change and it was very heavy and she couldn't move it. And she came home one day and it had been moved and knocked over and there was nobody else in the house, you know, and underneath of it, when she picked it up was a picture of my grandfather. Whoa. So that was another one that happened. Um, one story per I know, I know. I so many. and then the last one I'm just going to say this one so um, this is kind of a sad one um, about six years ago my best friend was murdered and three days before he was murdered I had this I woke up one morning just feeling very funky and I had this odd thought it just was a weird fleeting thought I don't what oh my god what would it be like to be stabbed to death like what a horrible way to go like I just had this mm. thought like and I didn't know and in the same moment like throughout the afternoon I felt like I needed to call him but I, I didn't like I there was just some things going on and he and I had been talking about him coming to spend time with me and I was in Kentucky at the time and he was in Pennsylvania and then three days later I got a phone call from friends of mine that were neighbors and they told me what was going on and his boyfriend had, had murdered him unfortunately and stabbed him to death um <laughs> But it was funny because that before he passed, we always used to talk about dimes and how I was always told that if you find dimes, it's somebody from the beyond that's letting you know that they're there or that they're paying attention, you know, that kind of thing. Dime, like, like, like a dime, like okay. a, just a dime, right. you know, like if you're finding dimes, you know, a 10 cent piece, a 10 cent piece, right? So Scrooge it was just something that he and I had <laughs> talked about previously. And when he passed, I was going through a lot of of things and I wasn't sure what I was going. I had not yet moved to Nashville. I was living in Kentucky at the time and I had been to Nashville. Um, but after he died, I moved back to Pennsylvania for a little while. I was going through a lot of shit and didn't know what I was gonna do. And so um, after his funeral, his parents gave me a box of things. And at the time I was trying to decide if I was coming to Nashville, if I was gonna go to New Orleans or St. Petersburg, Florida. Those were the three places that I could go that I had an ability to go to. And when I got home and I opened up the box, there was a shot, a shot glass and a t-shirt from Nashville in there that was his. And I was like, I hear you. And he was like my biggest fan back home in PA. He was the one that made me play music all the time. If I didn't feel like going somewhere, he was like, you're going to go play because I'm bringing people to see you. Where are you playing tonight? And I'm like, okay. You know, that kind of thing. You call me up. Are you playing tonight? No, I'm going to stay home. No, you're not. You're going to go play somewhere. We're going to, I'm taking people to see you. Like that was him all the time. And so when that happened, I ended up moving to Nashville. And after that, 
I'm con I constantly find dimes. I find them in the most random places. Hmm. I'll I'll be in one spot and I'll turn around and there's nothing there. And then I'll turn back around and there'll be a dime. One night I was standing in my kitchen and I had been talking to him that day because I was just having some things or whatever. And I, I walked into the kitchen to go get something to drink or eat or whatever. And I heard, I'm the only one in the house. And I hear, ding, 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 ding. And I turn around and there's a fucking dime rolling across my floor. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, so now it's, it's become a thing to the point where I started taking pictures when I find them. <laughs> Because I have witnessed I, her finding dimes. dimes. Yeah, <laughs> and it'll be just like random crazy. things. I'll look down, there won't be one. I'll look down again, and there's one sitting Damn. there. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, Ian, I see you. Like, I feel like you're always pushing me wow. to do the thing. And I, I honestly, I mean, I would, I may still be in Nashville, but that was a, a huge catalyst for me is to have something from him from beyond the grave. Well, it's like Nashville's where you're going. You know? I know you said it was years ago, but I'm sorry for your loss. That, that sucks. I do everything for him though. Not everything, but I mean, do it for me, but like, yeah. So, yeah, Calamity Jane, one of our songs that we do, I wrote mm -hmm. it and it was his favorite. So, I usually dedicate that song to him. I haven't done that with us, but when I play it solo, I do. It's a song, but I don't know. He's like, thing. I mean, and that's one of those things where it's like, what happens after you die? You know, that energy is that juju mm -hmm. out there is. You know, it's not as conscious. Some people hand out dimes. They're handing out dimes. Can you hand me out hundred dollar bills? Ian? Yeah, right. Could you do that instead? Can or we, just can send, we do a that? send a lot more dimes. Send a lot more dimes. You know what's so funny? Every time I find one, I take it home and I put it. I have a bookshelf and I'll sit it on the bookshelf and it'll sit on the bookshelf for like a week or two. But they'll once there's like ten or twenty of them, I'll pull them off and I'll put them in the in the thing. I do have a bunch of dimes. I do. So, but I mean, that's just the smallest and I, between lines of running into people or seeing people or I went to Austin one time and ran into people that you know, I, too much. There's too much. Like mm -hmm. literally, I absolutely believe in, in that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> trying to turn my channel. I'm telling stories for no, all y'all that don't have any. I got one, I got one good one. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of experiences, but there was one that was just so fucking far out, man. I was, uh, it wasn't at night. I hadn't been like watching scary movies. I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. I don't do any fucking drugs. I don't drink. I don't even smoke cigarettes. I mean, like, congratulations. Man. I'm a straight, I'm like very, I'm a sober, straight, sober fucking person. Right. So that's huge. So it's like the middle of the day and I was playing drums and just, I had this basement apartment in Asbury Park, New Jersey, right on the Jersey shore. And I was playing drums. I was trying to learn some songs to go out on the tour. And uh, there was one way into this apartment and one, you know, just one, just one entrance. You had to like open up a door and then come down, come down some stairs. And you were like in the kitchen slash living room. And then over to the right was like a bathroom with no windows. And at the time, Asbury Park, we used to call it Asbury Root Park because it was so fucking hit. Like it was a Jersey Shore town, but they were like tumbleweeds. Like the, ten, <laughs> like the, the buildings were all like fucking demolished. It was just like, it was bad. It, like, it was such a rundown town. So there was a lot of crime and, you know, a lot of drug users. So I had just like taken a break and I was standing there. I was drinking some water. I see this fucking guy walk down the stairs and shoot over into the side room. So I thought a crackhead had walked into my house. So I grabbed, I had a crowbar that I made like in, in shop metal class when I was in high school. I made like a real long one. So I grabbed the crowbar and I'm like, hey, you know, like I saw you come in here, you know, you better fucking get out. Cause if I got to come in there and get you, then I, I'm going to smash you on the head with this thing. And again, I thought it, I really did think it was, you know, just 
some crackhead or whatever just kind of came into the house. I'm creeping over there and whatever. And I get over to that other room. There's nobody there. So then I'm just kind of like standing there like, like it still didn't I, like I still hadn't processed it as like I just saw a ghost I'm I was like in my brain I'm thinking maybe when I turned real quick to grab this the guy saw me and ran back up the stairs and out the fucking door like I'm okay. just whatever so the way that the, that door worked was it was a deadbolt lock and you had to like you know you had to literally like force that thing to, to turn and uh I went up there and to go tug on the door the door was locked and I was just standing there and I'm like holy shit man i literally just saw a ghost like i saw it so clearly i thought it was a person in the house that i chased them with a crowbar like, <laughs> like i thought i was going to get into an altercation with somebody so after that when people are like do you believe in ghosts i'm like fuck yeah i do you know, <laughs> yeah, like, i didn't before but i do now you know how long ago did you say that was shit man i was probably that was probably like probably like 25 years ago now but I mean, it was. You said he, you, you saw him running, and then he ran into the building. It wasn't that he even <laughs> ran. He just, he just came down and just like kind of like nonchalantly just walked over and then just kind of zipped over into the side room, you know. Huh. And I was like, motherfucker, man, this this dude just came into my house, you know. Like he's probably just looking for a place to crash or some shit or whatever. He was checking doors, you know. It's okay. a basement apartment. All right. So you saw him check doors too? No, I'm just that's what that's oh, how I, I played it out of my brain. That's how I played in my brain. I just saw him. I literally just I saw a person saying. walk down those stairs and then like over to the side room. But it wasn't like a, a mist or a dark figure. <laughs> it was like a fucking person that walked down the stairs. That's crazy. And I was, you know, and again, had I not experienced that, like if I was on some type of medication or drug or anything man i'd be like well i don't know who knows you know whatever but it wasn't in the it wasn't it was in the middle of the day on the jersey shore it was yeah, sunny out, you know what i'm saying like it I was snooky right I, you know i wasn't watching, I wasn't watching scary movies it was like there's nothing for me as a matter of fact you know ghost was the very fucking last thing i thought of you know like i wasn't thinking that's what i saw until i was like telling myself like holy shit bro you just saw a ghost like and then i was i was so tripped out by like did i really just see a ghost you know Damn. so so yeah i you know i definitely do believe wow. you know as far as energy and stuff like that you like again like behind, some of that mm -hmm. stuff like yeah. I, you know i can't explain it i know what i saw and i know that it wasn't chemically induced for me you know and if someone told me that story, I'd be like, well, I'd probably just dismiss it. Sure, you did. You know, whatever. But, you know, I'm, I know what I saw. You know, I, I told the story because you're asking about those yeah. stories or whatever. But uh, This shit fascinates me. But that I never experienced really anything until I went looking for it. Like, I never had anything weird happen as yeah. a kid. I never, like, like I said, I was obnoxiously atheist. So right. I had a phase of, like, well, let's fuck around and find out. Right. And, like, yeah, opened up some doors to shit uh and i was like found out real quick it's like oh this is not a joke this yeah that's a real yeah. thing oh yeah that's some weird weedy shit when i was a kid too yeah, yeah. yeah. i had something i call it demonic but kind of like quick leading up to this one particular story apparently and this followed me from the house my first uh lived in when i was a kid and woke my parents up screaming bloody murder and went to the doctor and he's like, oh, he'll, it's normal, maybe like a couple of days or whatever, but I would be like violently crying for like two months 
we're not wanting to go back to my room. And then we moved to this other house and literally during the witching hour, every night or morning, I guess, I'd wake up and feel this thing walk up to me. Like it would paralyze me. I couldn't even move. And I literally just feel this breathe and be like right on my head and just sit there and then I'd feel it move away and just stand like stand and I'd turn around I wouldn't see anything but I could see it just and I knew where it was like I could feel where its outline was and then I'd just be like go away go away eventually I so that happened forever almost every night for for sure at least five years growing up same time every day if it didn't i wake up with weird scratch marks on my uh, arm or whatever or have these really messed up nightmares that would just terrorize me in my sleep then high school i was redoing my room and i woke up kind of and tossed my comforter up and went to turn around and didn't I was like, oh. started grabbing for it, and it was just floating, like from from my feet up. It was just kind of like where I tossed it; it just froze in time, kind of thing. Whoa! And I was looking up, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" And then I started to wake up more, and then all of a sudden, I just felt this, and felt something breathing, and literally just went run. And I got up, and like it startled the crap out of me. I got up and ran, I tripped and uh, fell over something. My parents came in and they, like, I, I remember looking at them and then like passed out and I started coming to and I went to scratch my head. My hand was just bloody, like as I'll get out. And I ended up uh, tripping over my acoustic guitar and running my fist through guitar. And this thing had told me before Everything that you want and love, you're never going to have. So I just literally broke my guitar after having that. And then my parents said, like, I've never heard you scream like that since you were two years old, never wanting to go back, in, or a year and a half old, wanting to go back in your crib. And I was just like, okay, it took me a while to even want to go back into my room. But I remember, like, the next day or a couple days after, I thought it had gone away. And I look woke up in my arm, and I swear it was like a – evil looking smiley face scratch on my arm and I tell people I'm like does that look like that and they're like oh I kind of see it but I took it as it was like no one's ever going to believe you Fuck, man. and after that never came again then man five-ish years later I was in an apartment and I remember waking up at 3 30 again like the usual time and I could feel him standing off the thing and I just go oh, it's you again. And then I remember trying to say it, I just felt him walk up and a calming voice just said, hold on. And then I could have sworn I had like convulsions in my sleep, but then all of a sudden I woke up and this weird haunting, because uh, I always just had like this gross, evil, negative feeling that this was like hovering around me was finally gone colors were more vibrant uh smells were more pronounced touch was more sensitive it was like finally whatever had been following me for 20 something years finally went away holy shit man 
That's wild. And that's just one of the stories. There's other other ones. So this too. thing would like you could hear it talk once. Uh, like like the everything that you want in love was definitely more like in my head. Okay. But okay. it was a little more prominent. It's like projecting it, it to your mind. Yeah. But okay. the run part, that was actually like right Ooh, almost inside crazy. my ear kind of thing. This is not the first time I've heard of like a sleep paralysis thing ending up being like actually having physical effects. Oh well, no, I could move around. I wasn't oh you weren't okay. You I, weren't I could physically move. It when it would come out, it when I was a kid, it would scare me to death. Oh, like oh, I couldn't oh. even like yeah. get myself. And then I'm like, I'm not letting this whatever, I'm gonna face my fear. And I turn around, and even then it's just like couldn't see anything, but could see it and like kind of an aura aspect. And I just like even turning around, it was just like then it, I was so scared, it just made me like I couldn't move or talk. Then yeah. I'd be like trying to like go away. Or I started getting more angry, and the more angry I got, it started taunting me even more. It's like, oh, I can't do anything. Shit. So would it wake you up? Like you'd be asleep and well, and it was not like loud noises. It was just kind of like presence. You could you just like I'd wake up, and then I didn't wasn't aware at the time when I was young of the witching hour, Hmm. Um, and would. Like I would just kind of wake up and turn around and then it just kind of would come out of which is funny, you can monster in your closet kind of thing. It just I just feel it slowly just walk and it had like aura-wise, it had to be almost as tall as the ceiling kind of thing. Fuck man. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I got two little spirits that come around. Every night while I'm sleeping, and they stand on my chest. And I wake up and I'm like, ah, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, we'll show you where to crack us off. I don't want to. What about you, Mike? Um, I'm, I'm curious to know what you think, because I know you you kind of uh, like not so much the on the spiritual, like ghosts and stuff, but like uh, more uh, like we die when we die. So, I'm especially interested to know if you have any weird experiences. Um, I, nothing anywhere near as uh, uh, well a horror movie like as any of this. <laughs> you know? um, but the, the the couple things that stand out in my mind for sure are uh, the last time I saw my dad uh, before he died. Um, it was like immediately after I had come back from visiting them. I was living in Nashville at the time. And I remember coming back and thinking that, that, that knowing, not thinking, not thinking that I knew that was going to be the last time I saw him. I knew he was going to die that year. I, I, I'm sorry, that, that's a better way to say it. I wasn't, I didn't think that was going to be the last time I saw him necessarily, but I knew he was going to die that same year. And he did. Um, it was February, I think, that I, I, I had visited my parents, and then uh, in that July third, he died. Uh, so, like, it was, but there's no, I have no idea why I had that particular premonition. I'd never, he wasn't particularly sick, you know, he wasn't sick at all. Like, we all knew that he was eventually probably going to die of a heart attack. He had two multi-vessel bypasses over his life, but he was still in good health he still took all his morning walks he actually died on his morning walk but 
I have no idea why I knew that that was going to be the year that he died. And, and since he's died, and uh, I, have, I have an older brother who also passed away from ALS, since, since they've both been dead, there have been times when I've heard, heard with my ears, not my inner ear, not at my mind's ear, like I've heard their voices, usually just a word or two. But that that's that's as as, as nutty as it gets for that's, me. That's pretty nutty, man. That's, <laughs> Especially for somebody who doesn't believe that, you know, any of sure. that shit. But well, I mean, my my best friend is pretty like staunchly atheist and like he's had some weird experiences too, and he's just kind of like he he will like logic it away, but mm-hmm. he's still like, Yeah, I, I don't know for sure what the fuck that was though. So I, I always find that really interesting. Consider um, myself agnatheist. Agnatheist. What was that? Hippa atheist. Hippa atheist. Like we were talking about hippa Christians. Oh yeah. Hippa atheist. Yeah, like if you don't really, really believe that there's yeah. no God, that makes you a hippa atheist. <laughs> oh, I guess. Well, thank you all so much for coming. This yeah, has been awesome. Uh, yeah. Y'all are so cool. I didn't know what this was going to be like because you, you play aggressive music and I'm like, are they going to be cool? <laughs> no, we're very we're very aggressive. Wait till the camera turns off. Yeah. Yeah. On the way out, we're going to break down. They're all going to beat the shit out of me. Yeah, I just heard the letters, so I can't get blood on these. We'll, just, we'll stay away from your face so nobody yeah. can tell that we were right. Who's got the sock full of soap? Yeah. <laughs> Cover it up. Tell no one. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks um, yeah. going up. So uh, as of when this is going up, it'll be tomorrow, February 3rd. You're playing at the end. Yes, sir. Um, and you have that single coming out on the night. Yes, yes. right. And you will be able to hear it tomorrow. And then the there's end. a second there is a second oh, one. Oh, more things coming? March 9th. March 9th. Yes. March 9th. Okay. Another right on. March 9th. That's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. We got to keep everybody coming back and keep them on the edge of their seat. Yeah. That's, that is the, uh, the, uh, like the outlet now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that makes sense. Well, uh, Blackwater Down, you guys have been awesome. Alice, check them out. I'll put links up below. Um, and come out tomorrow night. Uh, I'll know if you don't, because I'll be there, and well, I'll beat you up if, <laughs> if you don't show. See, See you next week. Bye. Thank you.